The Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Now, here's your host, Johnny Radio himself, John Harden. Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. Brian Dacus is hanging out in the house, and we have a busy, busy Monday for you. You know we're going to talk tons of college football. You know we're going to get up in the NFL around noon. You know, Jake Crane's joining us in like, oh, five minutes to talk tons of college football. I mean, there's uh, thousands and thousands of things to talk about in college football. But, man, 1130 today. I mean, I always love talking to Terry Davis, baby. But I have not been this excited to talk Tiger football, Tiger basketball um, in a while. What a weekend. Friday night, Tigers in Missouri, first half. I was like, dead gummit. I was freaking out. I'm, I'm glad they closed it to seven, but I didn't feel that good and confident going into the second half. I was mad at Stansberry when he basically took all the dogs off the court at that one point and they went on that horrible stretch run. I was yelling at Jay, uh, Jordan Brown, get in shape, son, dive for a ball. Get the ball into Walton's hand. I was going off, man. Second half, man, I was singing the praises of everybody. Tigers beat the absolute breaks off Missouri. Caleb Mills shut down East. He is one of them dogs. Javon Quinterly, his handles are ridiculous. He's also a leader on the court. Remember when he got trapped with about two minutes and 30 seconds left in the ball game over in the corner? He didn't hesitate. He knew how many timeouts they had. He called a timeout. He wasn't taking a chance of turning the ball over, changing a little bit of mo. He used his head. He used his handles. He played a hell of a game. And Jay Quan Walton, just let me tell you something. I love this guy. I just love his stroke. When you go down and don't at least let him touch the basketball, you're hurting your offense. My man is the best shooter on the team. But, man, this is a team. This is a team. Only, I mean, I'm going to talk about Malcolm. Man, he's hustling this year. He's doing his things. Problem is, dead gummit when he defends, he can't stop. But put his hands on somebody smaller than him, and he's got to touch him and get a foul. Still got to work on that. Brown's got to get in better shape. We got a lot of Tiger basketball to talk about. We got to talk about Tiger football. My goodness. Um... Do they just like to live on the edge? Yeah, they didn't play well on Saturday at all. No, they didn't, but somehow they pulled it out of their keister, didn't they? Because Charlotte's awful. John, I, I got Memphis at plus 590 money line uh, on Saturday when they were down 10. There was no way they were going to win. They you took them plus 590? There was no way they were going to lose that game, John. I mean, Charlotte oh, wait, is I, Let me tell you something. I, in awful. the last couple minutes, I thought for sure they were going to lose that there, game. I, there was not a second in that game on so Saturday. I was so mad that, that I, I was watching. I was so mad that I was on ESPN Plus watching the Tiger game when I was. I, I've watched enough Charlotte football and Memphis football this year that that game played out exactly like I thought it would. And there was, especially late when it became a shootout and both teams were just getting the ball and scoring, I said, there's no way Charlotte's going to win this game. Memphis is going to get a stop, and they're going to win this game. And it played out exactly like I thought it would. How bad is the Tiger defense's tackling? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty atrocious. Let's go, actually, actually, I haven't even looked. Let's go see how many, Holy what PFF says, how many tackles they missed. That's a game I like Mother of goodness. Week. 
That was game. one of the really. worst. I mean, I thought they were bad against Navy. Man, Charlotte was terrible. But the, 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 the key is they came back and won the game. They came back and won the game. That was um, – it was a little bit scary. Another thing that was scary, did you see my man um, Blankupsy land on his dead gum mm-hmm. head? Yeah, scary. And he didn't even move. I thought he was out. I mean, I was like, man, that was a, that was ugly. We saw a few plays like that wow. this weekend. Actually, not a lot of missed tackles. Only fourteen missed tackles. Well, they can't count very well. I guess when you completely whiff and don't touch somebody, I guess they don't call that a miss. Julian Barnett, it says, had uh, six missed tackles. Is that what I just saw? So, uh, yeah, that's definitely not grading out too well. Speaking no. of football, by the way, uh, we've got the fire game. Did you hear about that? Yeah, everyone and their mother's getting fired. Texas A&M beat Mississippi State 51-10. to Everybody knows Jimbo Fisher got fired. Plus, 70, he's going to have 76 million, plus, 76 plus million reasons not to be very sad. I will tell you one person who is sad in the Fisher family, and that's his wife. Jimbo Fisher was a was at work all the damn time. Now this dude, yes, he and she was out spending his bread. Now this dude's going to be at home all the time. Poor lady. Feels so bad for her. And then Mississippi State, they fired Zach Arnett. Yep, so uh, both coaches fired. I kind of get it. I really do. Uh, Ross Bjork is the AD, formerly of Ole Miss at Texas A&M. He said the uh, program was stuck in neutral. Now they really got to go out there. And Ross, for the sake of his job, has got to hit a home run. We're going to talk about... Uh, Texas A&M's coaching search with Jake Crane. We'll talk, of course, about Jim Harbaugh as well. Michigan, no coach, no problem. Lord have mercy, that was a beatdown. We'll talk about Georgia's beatdown of Ole Miss. There was just so many crazy things that we got to get to. You had Cody Schrader run all over Tennessee. This dude was a walk-on at Truman State, a D2 school, and he just ran rough shot all over Tennessee. Oh, and by the way, 200 yards receiving, I mean, 200 yards rushing, 100 yards passing. Dude balled out. But man, a dude who balls out every single day, you need to check him on Crane and Company. I'm telling you, that's how you need to start your day. If you're tired of those those shows in the morning where they just yell at each other and you don't learn anything, need to go watch Crane and Company. My buddy Jake joins me now. What's up, Jake? Man, Johnny Radio, what is up? Dude, we are already moving towards week 12. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's a wild, wild world uh, that we live in. But week 11, um, it had a whole lot of fireworks, you could say. You had the Fire Bowl where you had Texas a and beat the brakes off Mississippi State. But both coaches yeah. leave that game and get fired. Jimbo Fisher is going to get $76 million. Do you know who the largest um, – this is kind of a little trivia for you. Do you know – who had the bu- biggest buyout before Jimbo Fisher? Auburn, Auburn has a little something to do with it. That I thought so. Why you might know it was it Malzahn? Twenty-two million dollars. It was Gus Malzahn. Now yep. seventy-six plus million dollars to say goodbye to Jimbo Fisher for Ross. Wild. B. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. it's you talk about failing up. Uh, you know, you you brought up Missouri earlier, man. I was shocked. Not that Missouri was able to score. I mean, I've watched Tennessee put stinkers together on the road. You just go back and look at Florida. You look at the second half against Alabama uh, when, when they look like a totally different team. But it was the offensive part uh, for Missouri being able because Missouri's pass defense is awful. But it was Joe Milton regressing back to the mean Johnny Radio, something we've talked about. The dude goes on these 
these these adventures where he can't make routine throws, routine uh, uh, routine throw, routine, and then uh, the next game looks like Joe Montana down the field. It just it was kind of regressing to the mean. Yeah, and that's what we've seen from Milton. Real quick, though, since uh, Josh Heupel, uh, does he have a real problem when he's on the road? If you've noticed, uh, yeah, they've they've improved a whole lot, but they ain't road warriors, are they? No, and look, it's hard to win on the road. We all know that. But, you know, at the end of the day, the unfortunate part for Heupel is the guy that was worst on the road just got fired, so you can't point to anybody anymore being Jimbo Fisher. Oh, for his last nine on the road. Eli Drinkowitz, do you think uh, he's got a case? I mean, I know he's got a case. Do you think he can actually win Coach of the Year? Again, you got you, you turned basically my man Brady Cook into an absolute monster. You got a D2 kid, former walk-on, leading the uh, SEC in yards per game at 112.4. You're second in the SEC East. What do you think about Drink? I mean, I think he's done an amazing job. You know, the good thing for Drink is there's 35,000 coaching awards. So I know you have the one main Coach of the Year then obviously you have the conference coach of the year. But he'll win it. If Missouri ends up winning out, he'll end up winning one of those kind of like offshoot coaching awards. But, man, you talk about a guy that was a little bit on the hot seat. You talk about that Kansas State game was massive for Eli Drinkwitz earlier this year. Because, remember, they gave him the extension last year, the two-year extension at the end of last year. And a lot of Missouri fans were like, you know, why? Why did we do this? Uh, well, he, he made good on it, that's for sure. But Brady Cook. Not only that, they get Brady Cook back and Luther Burden back and a couple of those other pieces, and Eli's done a really good job recruiting. So the future's bright for Missouri, man. Yeah, it looks like they're going to be able to uh, – I mean, they got Florida and Arkansas. Arkansas has definitely mailed it in. That was an embarrassing what you saw this weekend, and Florida's just no good. Um, I will say Jaden Daniels is that dude. Um, my God, the performance he put on. Uh, where would LSU be without Jaden Daniels? Oh, God. It, I mean, listen, nothing not, – isn't a bad player at all, but he's not Jay Daniels. I mean, I think Jay Daniels right now uh, is the best uh, offensive player in college football, and you can make a case for the best player overall in college football because he does so much. But I tell you, we asked this question on the show, and John Ray, I'd, I'd like to know what you think about it. What would be worse as a fan of a team? Being a fan of, like, Penn State, where you're really elite on defense, but absolute garbage on offense, or be a fan of a team like LSU, where it's vice versa, and you're incredible on offense and bad on defense. It's got to be more fun to be incredible on offense, right? It's got to be a lot more fun because you can always have a, like a hope and a prayer that you know there's a tip pass at the line of scrimmage that you can eventually get a stop. When your That's offense is bad, it is just it's brutal. I mean, and speaking of um, Penn State, though, I got to get over on this one real quick. Michigan ran 32 straight times. My man JJ McCarthy only had to t- throw eight passes the whole damn game. And Michigan just beat Penn State up physically throughout that. And James Franklin now is three and seventeen against top ten teams. He should be on the hot seat. Well, look here. Here's what I told my brother. He said the same thing. And, and listen, I get it. I think James Franklin's like four and sixteen overall against Michigan and Ohio State, which just so happened not only be in your same conference, in your same, same division. division. But I think that the. Does it help anybody out more than Penn State when we're going away from division, so now you don't have that problem, and there's a 12-team playoff? I think Penn State may be the biggest beneficiary. They're going to give them time on that. And plus, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to get into the 10-2 the isn't good enough stuff or the 9-3 and three isn't good enough, that's how Nebraska turned into Nebraska, in my opinion, or at least screwed up their trajectory back to, to somewhat of a, a time of the past uh, with Bo Pelini and what's going on there. 
saw a little bit of that same stuff with Tennessee. Uh, but, man, you won nine games at Vanderbilt twice. I mean, I, I feel like that, yeah, that almost gets you an infinity stone. All right. Now, um, after this weekend, we saw Georgia just bum rush Ole Miss. Michigan pounded Penn State physically, only needed to throw eight passes. Um, Oregon, like, they dominated the game in USC. USC did cover, you know, as you like to say, good teams win, great teams cover. Uh, but Oregon looks like that full, full team. Um, right now, who are your top four teams that you're the most scared of? And again, I mean, Alabama, by the way, has figured it out with Jalen Milrow. Are those the four best teams in the country, and who do you like the best? I mean, yeah, that, those, I mean, you know, 80% of people are probably going to tell you that. Here's, here's what I think uh, about the Oregon game. I was, I was surprised that Oregon didn't score over 40. You know, I thought that was going to be, you know, basically automatic. But if you look at the way the pace of that game was going and, and what the two coaches were doing, it kind of makes sense, right? You, you had Oregon on one hand who was moving the ball at will, but they wanted to keep Caleb Williams off the field because they know that's USC's only move, so they were taking time in between plays. They let that snap uh, the uh, play clock get down under 10 most of the night. And then on the other side, if you're USC, uh, yeah, you want to be able to move the ball. Yeah, you want to score to be able to catch up. But you leave your defense out on the field, which had already been out on the field most of the game, it's not going to behoove you in the end. So I can understand why it ended up you know, being a little bit more low-scoring than what we thought, uh, but, but that makes sense. So my top four teams right now, I've still got to go. I picked Michigan to win it at the beginning of the year. I still believe that. So give me Michigan one, give me uh, Georgia two, give me Bama three and Oregon four. I think Oregon's going to beat Washington in a rematch of the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, and Alabama, it's amazing when you tailor the offense to the strength of your quarterback and your quarterback happens to be an elite, amazing athlete, you get good stuff. So uh, I would say those are my top four right now. Man, I can't argue with it. Uh, Bo Nix, though, his performance, you know, four touchdowns, 412 yards. They were running the ball, throwing the ball. Everything was at will. And I'm glad that pace was the way it was. Also, Caleb Williams, you know, taking the ball all the way down to five seconds while he's, you know, reading the defense. Because I had that under, and that was uh, that, that was a crucial game. But Oregon, I mean, they dominated. The huh. score doesn't look like it. But um, that was huge. Who's your who's the Heisman favorite right now? Well, like, Johnny Radio, I always say this – it's like, how do you define what the Heisman is? I think we all have, like, everybody defines it differently, right? Like, mm-hmm. is it the best player, the most valuable player, the best player in the country? To me, and I know you can't go, like, five and seven and, and be considered the best player in the country in, in most times, but I guess you could. That would be Jaden Daniels, right? Mm-hmm. That would be Jaden Daniels. But if it is the best player on one of the best teams, are the players that won games because that they were on, you know, one of the best teams and had a couple big moments. I still think it's got to be Michael Penix right now. But Bo Nix and him are going to be able to work it out again. Um, and look, look, I tell you, you, may not. I don't think it's crazy to throw a little on Carson Beck, man. I was that's it. I was getting ready to go there. I was going to say, is he the most underrated quarterback? For some reason, nobody's talking about. Um, he's probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've seen in a long time. Plus, he's so calm and he he, he doesn't have a pulse. I mean, the guy never gets rattled. He just looks like – I mean, he looks like he just got done leaving the brothel. He's very chill when he's out on the uh, on, on the field. He's He's been tearing it up, and, and I have to say it, I can't believe it's Mike Bobo's calling a good game. Yeah, listen, I, I think that's a couple things with Carson Beck. One, he, he doesn't do anything super flashy, or he doesn't have like a superpower, but he really does. He makes the right decision every time. That's a superpower in itself. Their offensive line is incredible. The amount of time he has to throw, and, and now that they're getting healthier, 
including getting Kendall Milton back, getting Amarius Mims back. They're only getting stronger. Uh, but yeah, it's not, he's not hip. You know, he's the guy who you walk in the, the, the YMCA or the rec center and he's like 35 years old with a headband and high socks and y'all are laughing at him until he drops 35 on you when you guys go play because he's so unbelievably fundamental. I almost want to start calling him Mr. Gonzaga. I like that because he's just vanilla. Um, Should we start our own award, the Mr. Gonzaga Award? I like it. I like this. So you're so zag. Now, um, this is very, very important to get to. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Ross B. York, by the way, um, his job is now hanging in the balance. He just fired Jimbo Fisher, by the way, who he hired. Well, he gave that huge extension to. Um, if he misses with this next hire, he's he's out of a job. Who's he going to go out there and get that's going to appease not only the fan base but actually get results on Saturday? Yeah, you know, obviously, uh, Ross, when you're the AD at a place like A&M or, or anywhere down here, football is the, the biggest hire. You are, you are graded and, and weighed and judged on that. Listen, um, I opened the show with this today. If, if Texas A&M is serious about winning a national championship, and, and I know they are, just look at the amount of money that they're paying. You got to go get Urban Meyer. You you, you got to go get him, right? And, and and to me, some people say, "Oh no, you know." Everybody acts like Urban's like Kim Jong Un, but like he did all these awful things. And in the grand scope of it, what Bobby Petrino did is just as bad, if not worse. And you went and hired him. You know, I don't think he's he's out there giving inspirational speeches to kids kids at the boys and girls club on how to treat people. Like, I, I, I mean, you, you look around the rest, he's on Fox every Saturday, like wearing some Bond villain glasses. Like, if and you haven't won a natty since 1939, since before we stepped into World War II, if you really want to go win one and you really want to try and, and get to that precipice, some, sometimes you got to embrace the darkness to reach the light. It's Urban Meyer for me. Um, I like it. I, I do like it. I got to say, um, nice guys, they finished last for a reason. Um, and Urban Meyer's not a nice guy. He likes to win. He wins everywhere he goes except for the National Football League because pros don't like to be treated the way college kids do. But what do you think? Is there any chance that Texas A&M, for some reason, doesn't want Urban Meyer? Who do they go after? Do you go out to Kalen DeBoer? Do you go after Dan Lanning? Dan Lanning, though, by the way, to Oregon feels so damn Oregon. I know he, you know, was under Kirby Smart at Georgia, but he just looks the part. Um, I mean, Mike Elko, who do you go get if you can't get uh, Urban Meyer? Well, I, I don't think they're going to. Not that A and M doesn't have to do some money, obviously. But I don't think they're going to pay you what Dan Lanning for Dan Lanning to leave Oregon. What has to happen? I don't think A and M is going to pay that after what just happened with the buyout. The second thing is, you know, Kevin DeBoer, I don't see him leaving Washington. He's in such a good situation there. Uh, I, I just, out, if it's not Urban Meyer, I mean, you got to think, obviously, it's, it's probably Mike Elko, right? Uh, a guy that has experience over there that's doing a heck of a job at Duke. Uh, he knows how things operate. But, it, I, again, uh, Jeff Trailer's name's popped up, and that's great. Jamie Chadwell's the guy that name's popped up, and that's great. But... I, I just, if you want the, the proven commodity, it's almost like the transfer portal versus a high school player. Yeah, you can project, and you may be right, but I know a whole heck of a lot more about the guy that's already played in this level and, and, and has won big in this level. Um, I, I could see a world in, in which if they don't get Urban or, or that that's not their move, uh, that, that they go to somebody that's been there before. That's what I think. They got a, definitely one thing I can say. Um, they better find somebody that can make sure they can evaluate quarterback talent because Jimbo Fisher, when 
Um, everybody was loving him. I mean, you got to realize he turned Jamarcus Russell into a pro, Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, Jameis Winston. These were all first rounders. Then all of a sudden, you get some bad quarterback in. Um, I mean, he inherited Kellen Mond, but Zach Calzada, heck, Hanks Keen's done better yep. at Georgia Tech than he did when he was at Texas A and M. That Eli Stowers got in recent. I mean, you know, if you miss on quarterbacks, you basically can kiss your career goodbye. Yeah, you better be. You better be a juggernaut everywhere else. You, you better be incredible around them. That's and that's why. Look, it's one of the hardest parts to evaluate. That's part of the deal. You better be able to find a quarterback. Ask Clemson how that how that's going when you don't have one. Kind of flip them pretty quick. But uh, look, A and M's a place that they they have every resource. They have an unbelievably supportive fan base. If anybody can figure it out and actually become who, who they think they are, I really do think it's A and M. Um, I, you were list. You you mentioned earlier Mike Elko. It just made me think about North Carolina. Did you see where North Carolina stormed the field after they beat Duke uh, this week? Dude, what's going on? Were like, they not a there, ten point favorite in that in game? The water? I, I mean, Duke is in football. I mean, I don't even think North Carolina storms the court in basketball when they beat them, unless there's like a buzzer beater or something. Yet you're going to storm the field in football when you're ranked. And Duke's not with their backup quarterback in. What 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 type of casual nonsense is this? It's uh it's absolutely insane to be honest with you. But um I'm telling you, everybody list. If you're listening to me, you can get it on a podcast, you can listen to it anytime you want. You can put it pull it up on your TV like I do in the morning, just go to YouTube, Crane and Company, you can just speak into your dead gum. Uh, you know, your your remote control these days. Say Cranny Company, YouTube, bam, it's right there when you want it. They go five days a week, plus you do things on the weekend. Jake, what you got what, what you got coming down the pipe this week? Man, we're we're still I mean, obviously college football continues to heat up. Uh talking about the NFL, college basketball's here. If you love sports, you know, if you if, if you love listening to the old school way of sports, you know, not that we don't have fun, it's in just a bunch of segments that get off my lawn. Uh, but come check us out, like uh, like Johnny Radio said. Man, I had one other thing I got to know: Broncos Bills tonight. You got to play for us. That line right now sitting in Buffalo. I'm, I, you... I'm all over the Bills minus six and a half. Bills. All over it, like a fat kid on a cupcake. Bills minus six and a half. Broncos coming out to buy. Bills are going to finally get right. Josh Allen, no turnovers. Hopefully, watch Crane and yep. Company. Follow Jake on Twitter at Jake Crane underscore. Follow Crane and Company at Crane and Company. Jake, be blessed. Thanks for the time, my man. You too, Dad. I appreciate it, buddy. That is Jake Crane. Now, we are late for a break because we got to talk about some Tiger basketball on the other side with Terry D. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up daddies. He know he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He knows that, but he's broke. He's so sad that he knows when he goes back to this moment. Welcome back to a Little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio. Hanging out with Brian Davis all day long, all day strong. It's 1130. It's a Monday. We're going to talk with Terry Davis. And we're going to talk some Tigers. Tiger football came back from the abyss and beat Charlotte. Tiger basketball, that second half was just amazing. Man, what a great weekend for the Tigers. If you want a lot of money like I did, go to Scooters Plus. 3425 Summer Avenue. Head on over there. They have the largest showroom around. And what are they showing? 
ATVs, UTVs, dirt bikes, motorcycles, scooters, go-karts, like dune buggies, golf carts, e-bikes, you name it, they got it. If it's got wheels, they have it at Scooters Plus, parts repairs, sales and service, plus financing options available. You can check all that out online at ScootersPlus.us. What up, TD? How's life, brother? What is it going with you on? How about your weekend, man? Man, okay, I had the most emotion, emotionally, like one of the most roller coaster weekends of all. But what do I always say on the radio? It's how you deal with the valleys to get back on top of the peaks. Also say, a shooter shoots. Also say, never, never, if you lose a bet, chase that joint. Because, man, I was up big on Friday. I was down big on Saturday. I was down bad on Sunday in the morning games. And I brought it all back, and now it's beautiful. Okay. This for you, my brother. You know, because I was on a high all weekend. Uh, Lady Tigers soccer team, Lady Tigers soccer team won. Memphis blew out Missouri. The Grizzlies got a road, man. It was shocking. Lady Tigers won. My Steelers won. Everything's good. Man. Dude, you did have a great weekend. I mean, I had a great weekend. Mine was just a little up and down, but damn, I didn't even think about it. Your Steelers, holy cow. Is that not, I mean, what Mike Tomlin's doing, he's been outgained in all nine games this year, yet they're in second place in the AFC North at six and three, only one game back of Baltimore. It's just crazy how football is, man. Football is like a week to week league. And, you know, you could talk bad about a, 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 a team this week, and two weeks later, you know, you're singing their praises. It's just like a lot of people don't like the quarterback up in, in Cleveland, and every time they get a chance, they take a take the shot at him. But, you know, he got them where they want to be at. They, they're still in it. It's November. And they got a chance to do something special. So no matter how you like somebody or how, you know, it's all about the end result. Yeah, in the NFL, Right. I mean, Kenny yeah, Pickett. He he's got he doesn't throw many touchdowns. He doesn't throw for hardly any yards, and he's terrible for three quarters. But money time, that dude in the fourth quarter makes things happen. And the most important thing is with that defense, he does not turn the ball over. Right, and that's what you want. You know, you know, it's not how it's not by how many you win by. It's just that you win, and that's the most important thing when you come, to, especially pro football. You know, you know, in college level, people, you know, they want to win by five points. They want to win by 50. They want to win by 30. But in the pros, you win by one and you move on. Just like, the, you know, there's some games yesterday. If people hadn't done dumb mistakes like that. The guy from Washington that did what he did and dropped the ball before he crossed the goal line. <laughs> I, I wish he – I know he wish he could have that back. Man, you ain't lying. What about, though, also, man, like poor uh, – was it Boyd for Cincinnati who dropped the ball in the end zone and it could have been a touchdown to basically ice the yeah. game? It's crazy. It's crazy, man. It just it just shows you the thin line of margin between winning and losing in the NFL. Well, you know, also in college. Well, also, I was going to say this makes me. I was going to talk basketball first, but it looks like you might have to stay through this break because I need to talk a little football. Tigers. Um, they did everything they could to give that game to Charlotte. Now they get SMU at the house next week. First and foremost, how the hell did they survive the Charlotte game? Uh, because unlike last year. This team knows how to win, and they just find ways to win. You know, you know. Uh, he told us he had some great receivers. We didn't believe him when he said he had great receivers. We just thought there was a quarterback talking about his players. But he got guys that come through in the clutch. You know, 
the tight ends, we didn't know anything about the tight ends coming into the season. And look, and Doyle, you know, and all those guys are coming through. You know, they're not flashy, spectacular, but they're getting the job done. I just still, though, I mean, in that game, you got to think about it. Tigers gave up a touchdown uh, with seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Now they're trailing by 10, 38 to 28. They put together a quick little uh, little drive, 75 yards and, you know, 221. Then they kick the ball off to damn Charlotte. They hold it for a little bit. They get it back. They go 11 plays, 60 yards in the final 223 and only get the field goal to force overtime and then – Basically, that was the bad boy, and over time they took over. Charlotte's just not that good, but man, why do they? Why do they like to scare us? That's two weeks in a row that they have absolutely given Tiger fans heart attacks. Because they're a very, very good team. But Three weeks in a row, team. actually. Right, because they sometimes they play down to their opponent, and other times they play up to their opponent. Because you know they have two losses on the year, and both of their losses, a team is ranked in the top twenty-five yet. They won't get no, and both of those are one-score games. But they don't get they don't get any respect because they don't win the South one. They don't make it look easy. They don't make it look good. They don't make it look glamorous. Man, so, okay. Just, to be fair, they really don't. I mean, the only team that they kind of beat up this year was uh, UAB. Um, that's exactly. a, that was good. But I mean, North Texas they had to come back and behind behind to win that. South Florida they gave up fifty points. Had to do the same thing there. Charlotte they had to go into overtime. Like, damn. And again, you're right. The only losses they have is against a Missouri team that just thumped Tennessee. And again, Tulane hadn't lost the game other than Ole Miss this year. Exactly, and but but they won't get uh, they, they won't get style points for that because you know everybody compares every team that comes behind the nineteen team to the Cotton Bowl team, and this team right here they are still in the hunt for a New Year's Six bowl, but they just not getting the respect. Not only locally, but they're not even getting it nationally. I thought they would at least get some respect nationally because how many eight and two teams are there left in the in the country? Mm, not very many. Exactly. You know, you got some teams that got four losses in the top twenty five. You know, and they shouldn't be in the top twenty five. You know, you got some teams that got there with one loss up there, and it's crazy. And I looked at the the college football ranking. Uh, Memphis is ranked forty in the RPI, which nobody look at the RPI and. The SMU is like only three or four notches ahead of them. But, yeah, they've been receiving votes for the last three weeks. Memphis still haven't received any votes. So well, if you go out there and beat SMU, you're back where you need to be. Yeah, I was going to say that now they, they play SMU, who probably doesn't get a lot of respect either. I mean, the only loss they have this the only they have two losses this year, TCU, who gave Texas everything they wanted yesterday or Saturday, mm-hmm. and then Oklahoma, who was ranked that time, but now Oklahoma's kind of fallen off. Well, they beat the brakes out of West Virginia, but – um, that's their only two losses this year. The other, the only thing about SMU though is they beat up on Charlotte the way they should. They held Charlotte to 16 points. They beat up on East Carolina and they killed Temple and, and Tulsa and Rice and North Texas. Like they kind of put the foot on people's throats and they don't let you up. I mean, they beat Tulsa 69 10 and Temple 55 nothing. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And uh, like I said, I'm not a bad man. But I don't know what the over under is going to be for this game, but I'm go- I would take the over for <laughs> this game, definitely. Because there's going to be a whole lot of scoring in this game. Um, I'm s- I was shocked at seeing the over and under only at 66 and a half. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to be much, much, much over than that. I think, you know, I think both teams, I think they're going to combine for at least 1,200 yards, total yards in this game. This will be one of the worst defensive games you've seen in a long time. In the last three games, the Tigers. 
lowest total, 82 points, and that was the Charlotte game. Mm-hmm. They gave it 87 in North Texas combined, and um, and then South Florida was 109. It, it, it's just going to be, it, it, you know, it, it, it's kind of, just, it, I don't know what the crowd's going to be like. You know, it's going to be an early kick, a left o'clock kick. You know, it, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be nice, crisp, but it shouldn't be raining. So it should be a nice game to watch in person. So I hope a lot of people take it upon themselves to go out there and fill the bowl up this weekend. Are you shocked that, uh, you know, Memphis at home is catching nine points against SMU? No, I'm not. But, you know, I, that's a nice little line to have if you, you know, partake in such things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, I got to ask you a question. I know you're a busy, busy man. Can I hold on for a break? We haven't even got to the Grizzlies and the Tigers. Oh, yeah, of course I can. Man, that's Terry D, man. you got to follow him at Terry D 515 Read his stuff at the new Tri-State Defender and always listen to him right here on Monday. We'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail talking Tiger Hoops and Grizzlies. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up daddies. He know he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He knows that, but he's pro. He's so stagnant. He knows when he goes back to this mobile home. That's when it's back to Welcome back to the Sports 56 Happy Hour. I am your buddy Johnny Radio hanging out with Brian Dacus. It is a beautiful Monday in the Mid-South, especially because the Tigers basketball team beat the brakes off of Missouri. Tiger football team came back and beat Charlotte. And Tiger football looking pretty exciting because they got SMU at the house 11 o'clock on Saturday. Big, big game, man. Speaking of big games, Tiger basketball, when they go to Atlantis, have you looked at really like just like looked at this bracket? Mm-hmm. My goodness, man. You open up, you got Michigan. You're probably going to play Arkansas, who's 14th in the country. Got to be Michigan, though. Got to be Michigan. Got to be Michigan. Then you, they, they're going to be Michigan, man. Did you see that team against Missouri, man? Michigan's the, Michigan might be one of the surprise teams of the of the season alongside Memphis. Man, please, son. Child, please. We're going to beat up on Michigan. Big game tonight for Michigan. Then we're going to beat up on Arkansas, and then we're going to play the winner of North Carolina Villanova. That's my prediction. And then we're going to beat them, too. How you like that? Oh, 3-0. Weekend. That'd be massive. How you though. like that? That'd be huge. Now, Terry Davis, how is life, my friend? Great, 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 great. All right, now um, I feel great because everybody, you. By the way, you you know you gave me the Care Bear stare. Do you remember when it was like what July and I was freaking out about this basketball team? Yep. Yeah, I was freaking out, man. I feel really, really good, and one reason is Javon Quinterly on that court is a leader. He's got handles that are out of control. He can shoot. He can do it all. And also, he's a smart player. When there was 2.30 left in the clock in the second half, and he got trapped in the corner, he didn't hesitate. He knew how many timeouts he had. He called the timeout, didn't turn the ball over. Mad respect. Um, him as your as your general, uh, this team seems like he can go pretty damn far, can it? Yes. You know, like in the preseason, you know, David Jones was getting all the hype and, and everything. You know, accordingly with the doing his thing, Walton's just doing his thing, but Quinley just sitting there, just taking everything in and just seeing what needs to be done. He's a great floor general. 
I just wish he was a few inches taller so he could have a professional career after this. But other than that, the guy has good basketball IQ, and he can make big clutch shots and he can make big clutch decisions when he needs to. Um, yeah, he, he's he's absolutely somebody that's special, and you need that floor general out there, especially when you got so many weapons, um, because that's something that this team actually does. Jaquan uh, Walton, he yeah. is a he is a he's a walking bucket. My man, stroke yeah. you can't block it. He can hit from three. He can get to the rack. Like he's the best offensive scorer. I feel like on the team. Yes, he is, and he's he reminds me so much of Precious when Precious, the second half of Precious, before Precious, you know, decided to be a dominant force for the Tigers. He reminds me of of, of a, a, a older version of Precious because he just can he can do it all. He has he has confidence. He can play defense. He can hit the long shot. He can take it to the hoop. He can create. He can shoot off the off the dribble. He can do he can do it all. Yeah, he really can, and he he's just something special. And again. Um, when they go down and have an offensive possession where he doesn't touch the ball, it, it almost kind of frustrates me because lately, like, did this dude at least a look? Because um, if he's got just a, like a little bit of a window, he's going to knock that bad boy down. And you talked about um, you talked about David Jones. David Jones. Everybody mm-hmm. was talking about him being special. He is special yeah. in a way. Like he plays yeah. defense. He yeah. can shoot a three pointer. He can get to the rack. Sometimes he tries to take over a little bit too much and doesn't get anybody else involved. Like you know, he'll get the ball and there'll be fifteen seconds, and he'll hold the ball all the way down to where he's going to definitely take that damn shot. But um, I ain't going to complain uh, about what he's doing, especially when he shoots threes. Exactly. You know, one thing about it, you got to take David with the good and the bad. He's going. He's like our version of Dylan Brooks, per se. You know, he's going to take some bad shots. He's going to have some bad turnovers. But his good outweighs his bad by two to one. You know, it's crazy how he's shooting um, better from the three-point line than he has his field goal percentage on the season. Like I'm saying, like when he's behind that, when he's sitting there towing that line, if you got Walton out there, if you got Quinterly, if you got my man Jones, they got some sharp shooters out there. And again, Hardaway's kid is supposedly a great shooter. It's just he's a freshman. He looks still a little bit lost out there. No, he's just, you know, it's just not his time because when they need him to make a big shot, you know, he's, he's going to make it. But when you got a good core seven, eight guys out there, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be winning by committee because, because those guys won that game that way. It's going to be another group of guys to win another group another way. It just depends on the matchup and how everything's rolling out there. Man, um, well, Caleb Mills, by the way, you know, we talked about him, or, or like big, you know, big get transfer portal. We saw him at Florida State, yada, yada. I didn't know he could play defense the way he did. I mean, he shut East down in the second half like nobody's business. He is a defensive machine. Uh, he is, he, he's alone. He has good uh, uh, IQ. He knows where the ball's going. He understands the game. He's almost uh, like a coach on the floor because he generates offense. From his defense, because he just frustrates guys so much, and Missouri got so frustrated, man. They just throwing up blitz in the second half because they felt like they had to throw it up because if the shot wasn't getting blocked, they was getting harassed when they get the shot. So, and I and he's the leader of the defense because he's controlling it. You know, Cornelly controls the offense, and Taylor Mills controls the defense. All right, now um, our guard play, our forwards are awesome. What are you? What are you thinking about Jordan? By the way, what do you think about Nick? They put him in the starting. He's gonna be the. He's gonna be the. He's he's the. He he does all the little things that won't show up in the scoreboard. 
you know, he's going to play good solid defense. He's going to make the good solid pass. Uh, he's going to do the things that need to be done to get the dog. You know, he's going to dive on the floor to get the loose ball. He's going to keep everything calm and fluid. All right. Now, forwards, guards, we have a plethora of them. We got Malcolm Dandridge. We got Jordan Brown. A lot of people are extremely high on Jordan Brown. They look at how, you know, he scores when he's in the paint. He'll grab some boards. I feel like when I watch Jordan Brown, I see somebody who's out of shape and doesn't hustle all the time. Uh, that drives me crazy. When he comes right into the game, he's effective for a good solid two minutes, and then he's he's winded. And, again, there's a lot of times he just doesn't jump on the brown. I know Malcolm's out there. He's working his tail off. We haven't seen him this healthy in a long time. He's playing. He's giving you great minutes, except for he still has that problem. Whenever he's guarding anybody, he can't help but touch them and put his hand on you and get called for a foul for reaching in. That's his problem, you know. You know, he, he, you know, at this point in his career, he should know that he's more valuable on the court than on the bench with three or four fouls because he, he can be a force. And with Brown, I don't know if that's just Brown's disposition, but you look at the end of the day, what Brown does, you know, he, he makes I jump the, off the couch and screaming what Brown can do for you, and I get all excited. <laughs> and then there's other times where I'm like, get on the damn floor or turn exactly. around and run. And damn, exactly. man, you just ran down the court three times, and you were huffing and puffing like you look like you're about to die. <laughs> exactly, man. You know, that's what's so frustrating about these young guys, man. You know, we want them to do all this, but uh, it's just, it just not in them, man. And, but when we get to half four game. When you go down to the block in the last couple of minutes, and he's setting that, setting that, setting up on the block, who's going to stop him? Because there's not too many big men in, in college these days. That's true. That is true, man. I, I have to say, I, I love this team. I'm looking forward. Uh, well, they don't play till Friday. Um, what do they play? Like Jackson? Who do they play on Friday? Uh, Alabama State. Alabama. 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 That's right. Alabama oh, State. that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, again, I'm so excited. Um, any, any concerns Friday before uh, they go to Atlanta's? Now, you just want to make sure that those guys are, are healthy because you want them next Wednesday when they play Michigan to be 100%. You want to make sure Cornelius hamstring is good. You want to make sure that uh, Caleb Mills is ha- healthy. If Memphis is healthy, the worst-case scenario is 2-1. Worst-case scenario. Because it's tough playing three games in three days. I feel you there. I feel you there, and man, it's gonna be but tough. Be, for, it's gonna be, be tough for Jordan Brown and his dead gum conditioning. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I tell you what, if Memphis come back with two and one, they should breach the top twenty-five. All right, so you don't think there's any chance that they crack the top twenty-five uh, today? Is it today? Of course, man. It's yeah. Memphis, man. No, it's Memphis. No. Man, that was an impressive win. They look really good. All right, I got to switch gears a little bit. I got to talk about the Grizzlies for a second. Um, did they beat the Clippers because my kinfolk, it is over for him. James Harden, stick a fork in it. You're done. Or, like, I don't even know what to say about the Grizzlies, really. <laughs> They're 2-8. and eight. They're 2-8, and eight, but it was more of they got too – the Clippers got too many options on offense because Memphis defense – played the best defensive game they played all year. Because when you got Paul George, you got Kawhi Leonard, you got Russell Westbrook, you got James Harden, you know, all those guys they, and Ty Lue trying to mix that together, you know, chemistry is a really big thing in the NBA. And that's one thing Memphis is learning about because, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to hear this because Memphis defense is worse because of one subtraction from the roster. And we all know who that person they subtracted from the roster. And that's why the defense is not as great. 
And I don't know, I, I, even though Marcus Smart got a defensive player of the year, he's not better team defensively than Dylan Brooks was. If the Stephen Adams was healthy though, and you had yeah, you know Marcus Smart, and you had Ja, who wasn't in trouble with Bain, do you feel like the Smart addition is end up in the long run going to be a better addition than having Brooks? I don't know because Stephen Adams don't guard the perimeter, and that's one of Memphis' biggest weaknesses: the perimeter shooting, that three and D guy. You know, the guy who can you know control the ball. You know, one thing that Brooks did, he 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 broke up those passing lanes. So the guy couldn't get the ball out to the three and D guy, and you know Marcus is great on ball defender, but that perimeter that, that, and that's Memphis' biggest thing because Utah Jazz is not a great three point team, but they they was great against Memphis and all these teams they have a career day against Memphis because most teams are having four. career days uh, from the three point line except for again my kinfolk who was one for right. seven and kept chunking them up. Exactly, you know. So if, if the key to beating Memphis. I'm not saying this, is to, to shoot the three ball and make it because they're not good defensively on the three point line. So, you know, and, and a big part of that is Marcus Smart is a great home ball defender, but, you know, he doesn't disrupt the, uh, the three ball defense. And they have got to find a way to do that. And in 15 games, because we got 20, uh, 10 games, 10 games in, and 15 games, uh, somebody, uh, gonna be, somebody on the grid's roster is gonna be getting a pink slip. And I don't think it's going to be uh, Bismarck. Woo. Woo. Terry D. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Thank you for bringing that. I didn't realize that. Now, other thing I got to bring up real quick um, Lakers, they play on uh, tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Um, so, Lakers are your favorite team. Who are you going for? Uh, you know, I'm a hometown guy, man. I cover the grid. I'm going to root for the grid. But, you know, I don't cheer that. That's the one game I don't cheer for, you know. I won't miss the win, but I'm not going to cheer against them or, you know, cheer against the Lakers. Cheer against the Lakers, but I won't miss the win. I know because you Because, one, I won't miss it. The Grizzlies need to get the 500. If they can get the 500 and John comes back, I'm not saying everything's going to be good, but, you know, they'll be in a better place. Man, TD, you are the absolute best. Tell everybody what you got coming down the pipe and where they can find you. Uh, big TV for the Memphis SMU game. And getting the, get the primer, primer ready for Memphis about uh, Bahamas trip. So hopefully, you know, that's coming up on Traffic Defender. And just follow me on Twitter. Man, I'll be later, Jay. Hey, big easy, Terry D. Follow him on Twitter at TerryD515. That is my man, Terry Davis. I'll tell you one thing. Terry always looks good when he, I see him out. See him at Brookhaven a lot. He loves the Haven. Penny does his show up there. He likes to go up there. But he's always looking smooth because he goes to 5880 Goodman Road down in all the branch, the Frontier Western Store. It's right style and profile down there. They got the largest boot showroom. They got Western boots, work boots, dress boots, you name it. They got it. Plus, they have regular shoes. They got Hey Dude shoes. They've got hats. They can cover you from head to toe. And they got the jeans. They got the fall fashions. They got the ladies covered over at the ladies boutique, the children's department, and the men's section. Whatever you do, make sure if you want to look good. Go to Frontier Western Store. If you can't make it to Olive Branch, don't worry. We got you covered. Just go to FrontierWesternStore.com. Shop, order, bing, bang, boom, shipped without in 24 hours. And any order of $75 is shipped absolutely free. Frontier Western Store, FrontierWesternStore.com. Back in two shapes. Shakes. Dang, I can't speak right now. Hopefully in the second hour I'll do better because we got to talk NFL. Plus I got some hardened wood because it feels so good. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. You shall know